So hey there, everybody. We are so excited to have Matt Boswell and Matt Papa with us. Did I say that right? It's Papa, not Papa. You got it, man. All right, yeah. cool. I always second guess myself yeah. with that. So I have a few questions for you guys. I just want to thank you for writing the songs that we've been singing at Grove City and at church. And could you guys just start by telling us how you guys began collaborating? You've been writing together for a decade now, and you just released a project that is a culmination of those 10 years. How did that project, how did that partnership begin? That, that started, I had heard uh, a record that Matt had done, and I was, I, I loved what he was doing. And uh, I wrote for a publishing company in Nashville at the time, he wrote for another one. And so I went through the right channels of like, hey, would you reach out to Matt Papa's publisher and try to see if we could meet? And, um, you know, you do that a lot with people. Um, but we just hit it off from the very beginning. Sure. And um, we met in Dallas. Actually, you were doing something in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And we met in person. And that night, uh, I got down the road with our, our first hymn together and started the second one, too. Wow. He wrote two million. I sent him a text. It was called, it was called Creation Hymn. Mm -hmm. I sent him this text and I said, would you write a melody to that? And he wrote two melodies. We used both of them. We used one on that one and we were, I think we still worked through some lyric stuff. But we used that melody and then started, used the other one for uh, another one. So it was great. Awesome. Yeah. And you are based in Nashville, correct? Uh, we, we lived in Nashville for about three years. We live in Atlanta now. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And you are the preaching pastor now at Trails Church. Yep. Yep. Just north of Dallas, about 45 minutes. What do both of your roles look like in your home congregations? Um, so I'm music director, okay. so um, I, and it's a church plant, and it's a lot of fun. It's, we've got between two and three hundred folks. It's been, it's been uh, around for two years now, so it's a little, little baby. But, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I, you know, oversee the music uh, of, of our church. Uh, I'm not a pastor there, but I am uh, a leader and... and sure. uh, help shape the worship and arts culture at the church. Awesome. So their church is two years old. Our church is one year old. We just planted a year ago, and yeah, I serve as, as a pastor there. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Are you involved with the music at all? Yeah. I, I mean, I help um, I help shape what songs you know come into our church, uh, and often what we'll do on a Sunday. Uh, we have a music director who does a fantastic job. Awesome. I'm very grateful for. Good. Awesome. So, Mr. Papa, your bio online says that the modern church is seeing a resurgence in liturgy and hymns. Why do you think that is? Hmm. I didn't know my bio said that. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Um, okay, so I, I suppose I think that because, you know, I don't know who, remember who said it. It's like history is like a sort of a drunk man going from this ditch back to this ditch back to this ditch. You know, it's like... Um, which, which I suppose is kind of a negative view of history, but it, the the sentiment is that there are trends, and then you react to those trends, and you react to those trends. Sure. Well. And um, so yeah, I think I think we went through a reactionary trend of of expression and, and the modern worship expression, which which was incredibly liberating and 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 and, and is inspiring and liberating, um, and. And I think it's just a reaction to that, uh, in the in the sense that um, worship uh, became um, and and has become in in a lot of contexts 
uh, over sort of produced and manufactured and and um, and got got away from sort of the the integrity of of what we're singing and the song itself and 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 all that and and so I think uh, him writing and singing hymns and liturgy and, and and a sort of resurgence of that is is a is a good reaction. Mm. Well, to to piggyback on what Matt's talking about there, you know, when when the hymnal was replaced by the overhead projector, mm. the back cover of the hymnal then is blown off, and uh, with that comes incredible responsibility for local churches um, to be singing things that are truthful and beautiful in their in their uh, local churches so with that comes great responsibility and great danger because then you've lost the editorial process of theologians and pastors and and musical committees speaking into what is good and true and beautiful mm. and so part of that is really liberating because it's it's a work of the people to begin with so it sits in the local churches and so there's a great responsibility and, and also some dangers there. Another foreseeable danger is the fact that with overheads, it's you see the lyrics, they're there for a moment, and then they're fleeting. They're, they're gone, gone forever. How can we be encouraging our, our congregations to be really pondering the lyrics and living with those throughout the week? Yeah, okay, so w when we planted a year ago, I, I feel that same thing. And so, but overhead projectors are so useful. For sure. Right? And yeah. so, I love that we're talking about overhead projectors, by the way. Is it the right language? Not PowerPoint. Is that the right like, language? We're thinking like the slides. I with said like the, the word trans. I said the word transparency earlier to <laughs> uh, to a girl who had never, I don't think, seen one. I wonder if people listening will even know what an overhead projector is. What is it called now? Uh, Just slides, well, PowerPoint, camera. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so when I started leading music in church in 1995, overhead projectors were used, uh, but no more. Okay, so back to the point. When we planted. I didn't want to not use a projection software. <laughs> we'll go with that. But also, um, I wanted our people to take the hymns home with them. Mm. And so we just print a lyric sheet like people did before Sankey for hundreds of years. It's the hymns, just the lyrics on a page. Sure. So that they could at least take that home with them. And mm. the lyrics didn't, didn't show up for 30 seconds and then go into oblivion. Yeah. So that was just one little step. It, it's more expensive to do it that way. It's a hassle to do it that way, but I want our people to love the songs we're singing and to take them home and be able to use them as a tool for prayer in family worship, uh, devotionally, so. Awesome. So going back to the liturgical element, one of my favorite hymns off of your latest project is Lord Have Mercy because it has such a beautiful depiction of a confession and then an assurance of pardon all wrapped into a song. Can you tell us how that came about? Yeah, so um, that song started, um, a friend of mine and I, the name is James Teeley, uh, this was this was maybe five, six years ago or something, uh, and this is a, kind of an illustration on some, a lot of these songs that we've written, how they, uh, how it takes a long time to write, I don't know what that, know what that means about us, but... Um, Oaks take time. That's right, that's right. Um, but... Uh, we started the course just as a, a, we wanted to write some kind of confessional song because because there's such a vacuum of, of that sort of song in in, uh, in worship today. So we got the chorus, and then about two or three years passed, and then uh, my friend Aaron Keys and I, who I write with somewhat often, um, 
he, he was like, let's write a confessional song. I was like, great, I have this chorus. And he brought in this, it, it, it's, and it's an old, uh, help me here, uh, uh, Book of Common Prayer. Is that for what we've done, Anglican Left Undone? Mm-hmm. I think for the prayer, the, basically the, uh, for what we've done and Left Undone, I think it comes straight out of there. Mm. Um, but with that phrase, and then it goes on to say a lot of other things. Uh, but it's, it's very lovely. So, but that that was our inspiration for a lot of the verse, and uh, yeah, I think and and Matt uh, came in and helped us shape the chorus and, and a lot of the the shape of the the song overall. And uh, I am really proud of how that that song ended up and turned out. And and um, I do, uh, you know, confessional songs can be so difficult because they can. You know, singing them congregationally sometimes it can either be like awkward or, um, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's a it's a difficult moment to to manage as as a leader and and, and as a songwriter too to to kind of figure out how to how to do this how to make you know this both um, personal and and corporate you know mm-hmm. meaningful to someone personally but not awkward and so that it's corporate enough to you know so it's a tricky thing but I, I do think that that song turned out well and we've we, we've written in that space a bit so with crisis you're in steady anchor with uh lord from sorrows deep i call mm. um with lord have mercy matt matt creates uh matt articulated some really interesting tensions that you feel between the personal and the corporate there's this other tension that, that we have to live in as christians between um, our sinfulness, the brokenness of the world, uh, the suffering and sorrow that we see, and and also and also the redemptive center that we hold to, mm. and that we we must fight to see in the midst of those things, and so we need more more songs that that help us live in that, sure. because we live in that. Yeah, awesome, good answer. Well, thank you both again for your time and for the ministry and the equipping the church to sing rich theology. It's such a beautiful thing. So thank you again. Thanks. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode to be helpful and an encouragement. If you haven't already, I definitely recommend checking out the record that we talked about titled His Mercy is More. You can also find charts for those songs on SongSelect and GettyMusic.com. You can watch video versions of this podcast on YouTube. Just search my name, Matthew David Montgomery. You can also find more content and resources at MatthewDavidMontgomery.com. I want to leave you today with a quote that I heard Matt Boswell say that really struck me, and it's this. If you sing songs that would be just as true if Jesus had not died and rose again, you've not sung the gospel, you've just made noise. Brothers and sisters, let us be reminded of the gospel by what we sing. Till next time, thanks for listening.